This is the official Waukee Community School District podcast, Talk the Walk, presented by Unity Point Health Des Moines. My name is Amy Varco, Executive Director of Communications, and we are coming to you today from our Waukee Innovation and Learning Center with our guests, Michelle Hill, Amanda Gall, and Ann Hannigan. Welcome, team. I am going to invite Michelle Hill, our director here at the Waukee Innovation and Learning Center, to give us a 30-second overview of what happens here. Ooh, challenge, 30 seconds. Okay, so uh, Milwaukee Community School District is very invested in inquiry-type learning, you know, problem-solving, work-based learning in general. So the district has been doing a lot of that uh, pre-K, 12-plus, for a very long time. Um, in specifically the APEX program, we're in our ninth year. Our school to work intern program and our intro to ed program been around much longer than that. And we have a really great spectrum of opportunities for our students that families can engage in and help their students with their next steps. Would it be fair to say Waukee has been on the cutting edge and on the front edge of the career exploration? Um, over the last really 20 years or more. Absolutely, yes. Our, our intern program and our intro to ed program that we're going to talk about here with Amanda in a little bit um, have really just set the standard within the state. Um, Anne, who's with us today, Hannigan, uh, worked with that program for a long time. And our two intern coordinators, Mindy and Scott, um, just do a phenomenal job. And lots of school districts look to us as to how to set up great work-based learning opportunities. And it wouldn't be possible without our business partners in the community. Tell us how many of those partners we currently have. Uh, Well, between APEX and then all of the other work-based learning programs, and I've left out a few other ones as well. We have IJAG that's in the district now that's starting at um, the 8th and ninth grade levels. Uh, We have ProStart and Culinary. We have lots of opportunities, but I mean thousands and thousands of business partners that work with us annually. Um, We we work through, I just pulled the numbers actually for last year's 2022 graduating class, and 70% of that class, which is a pretty large number class, both Northwest and Waukee High School combined, 70% participated in at least one work-based learning opportunity or more during their time in the district, yeah. And I always think back to, you know, as we all grew up, what we would have given to have programming like this available. And I think what I've heard the most is it, it helps you understand what you may like, but also more importantly, what maybe you don't want to do in the future. Um, talk a little bit about that and how it helps students explore, but also maybe realize that maybe being a physician isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Sure. So through that entire spectrum of work-based learning opportunities, all the instructors work really closely with students and families, just trying to get to know them a little bit better, trying to find out maybe where gaps exist, where they can push them. They do, we, we just have a really high uh, customer service and, and relationship standard that we set. They All those programs work on professional skills so that they can be successful in any field. But our goal is to have them, you know, rule out quite a few things before they leave here and spend maybe time or tuition on those things. And then also get networked with the community so that when they leave here, they have those resources and skills to continue to connect and, and you know, build their path for their, you know, future journey. What are some of the most exciting things our students and business partners have worked on over the years? Oh, wow. 
that's hard to narrow down. There's so many great projects and so many great success stories. Um, I'll, I'll just talk about a few things that I'm really excited about um, just in the last couple years. So we've been able to really add to our human services sector. We've added a CNA program where students can get certified to be nursing assistants and then a lot of our partners will help uh, pay for them to go on to get their um, RNBSN um, degrees. We have um, just this year started our EMT program in conjunction with the city of Waukee and DMAC, um, just a creative partnership to really get that going. Those classes are full. Um, heard that this first uh, segment of students that are going through some of the best scores they've ever had and and the city's really excited to hopefully take them under their wing um, or help them fly to their next opportunity. I know a lot of those students are looking forward to medical school and things like that, but they get a lot of really great authentic experience. Um, another creative business partnership that we are just in the process of developing right now is with Stivers here in Waukee. Um, so we'll be launching, launching an automotive program, um, which is really difficult for a school district to launch. It's expensive to start, it's messy, finding an instructor is really difficult and Stivers has really stepped up to support that. And so we will be offering that during our registration season that's coming up here just in a couple weeks for the following school year. Um, we have an amazing ag program, um, both food and you know plant side and animal side. And we've got a lot of great partnerships with our nutrition department, our farm to school program, Lots of business partners, um, just lots, I mean, I don't know, I could go on mm -hmm. and I know we need to keep this shorter. So um, lots of great examples, lots on our social media, lots on our website, um, and opportunities for families to reach out if they need support, choosing classes for registration. Um, yeah, just reach out to us, we'll help. Yeah, it sounds like we're filling some of the gaps in the workforce. Um, tell us a little bit about that, and that's changed over the last eight to 10 years as far as your CNA programming, um, the automotive. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit um, what businesses are looking forward to when they start to train. The goal then is to retain them mm -hmm. as they work through their next few years of schooling. Yeah, so all of our business partners are first and foremost just really excited to help mentor young students, especially in fields that they're really passionate about. So whether that is our friends you know, at Acumol that do um, micro-injection molding and they have this amazing scholarship program that they'll help students with. Um, but they know that you know, they might, a student might come and we have a student placed in their new apprenticeship program this year um, that, uh, that is a brand new high school level apprenticeship that they are working through. They know that they're just contributing to the greater good of trained workforce in the future that may go on to be, a, you know, through a four-year degree in engineering, or they may um, transition careers several times, but they just really enjoy mentoring students through um, making some of those decisions. So um, just lots of opportunities for business partners to um, not only fill maybe entry level, um, coach them up through um, degree programs and lots of ways to help families pay for schooling um, if they decide to go on. So just we, we cannot thank our business community enough for all that they do to support, you know, thousands of projects that come through every year, thousands of job placements, and a lot of them will retain those students 
even if they leave the state and come back. Um, if they're in school, they come back and work on breaks. So we have lots of really great alumni stories like that. That's awesome. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, thank you for listening to Talk the Walk, and we'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our official sponsor, Unity Point Health Des Moines. We're here with Dr. Sean Spooner of Unity Point Clinic Sports Medicine Physical Therapy, Urbandale. Dr. Spooner, when a student athlete has a concussion, what's the best practice to treat? You know, the treatment of a concussion has changed a lot over the past decade. We really focus now on guidelines for recovery, including rest, but relative rest. That means we want to get people back into cognitive and physical activity as soon as possible after their injury. So we focus on resting, getting adequate sleep, focusing on hydration, nutrition, and even light exercise. We have found that light subsymptom exercise actually helps get people better, faster. And of course, we want to get the athlete back into the school environment as soon as possible, because missing time away from school affects their learning. And so we get athletes back into the classroom as soon as possible, but give them precautions, accommodations, and restrictions so that they can be successful learning, but also manage symptoms. If done correctly, most concussions will recover within two to four weeks. But if symptoms persist, you should seek out some specialty consultation. That's Dr. Sean Spooner of Unity Point Clinic Sports Medicine Physical Therapy, Urbandale. We are back on Talk the Walk with two special guests here. We have Amanda Gall and Ann Hannigan, who are both veteran teachers in our district and are right now kind of working in the intro to education, but we have another um, exciting program that we've launched this year that has brought Ann back to our district. Um, Ann, I'm gonna start with you a little bit here. Give us, welcome back, first of all. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit how Intro to Education started and what the goal of that program was. I was not the originator of the program. Um, one of our FCS teachers, Connie Tao, uh, started the program, and we were not the first school to start it, but we were really early into that. And um, Dr. Veronica Stalker, who used to be superintendent quite a few years back, had the idea that we should grow our own teachers. And at that time, there wasn't a shortage in the state of Iowa, but there were shortages in other states, and we knew it was coming to us. So Connie started the program and taught it for about four years, and then I took it over, and I think I taught it for, I don't know, 15, 17 years. I kind of lost track. So that, that's what the whole goal of the program was. And now you mentioned the shortage of teachers currently. Tell us a little bit about what that truly means as we head into the future of public schools and schools in general. Sure. Well, I did some research and I was looking at an article in Education Week from September of this year. And nationwide, there are, we're at the beginning of the school year, 36,500 teacher vac vacancies. 163,000 are filled by teachers who aren't certified or they're not certified in the area that they're teaching. And they couldn't collect data from 13 states, including California, New York, Ohio, Louisiana, and Oregon, and those are huge states. So we know that it's even worse than that. And, and in Iowa, according to um, KCCI, a thousand jobs went unfilled at the start of the school year, and there are 938 
special education jobs open. That's not just teachers, but that's also the associates that work individually with those students. So special education has been a critical shortage area for quite some time. And um, that's really important because, you know, state law, they have, those students have to have associates with them. So um, we are definitely seeing the shortage in the state of Iowa too. So I'm gonna switch over to Amanda. As the current instructor for our intro to education, we've spent some time together and I've got to um, experience the students in your class and they're truly amazing and they are fun and they are energized. Um, tell us what you are seeing in our next generation of teachers. Exactly what you said. They are excited to learn. They are energetic. Um, they do see the challenges in their classrooms and we process through that, but it does not deter them. They are excited to go back and learn more and they're eager to learn additional strategies that they can implement to mitigate some of those challenges that they're seeing. So they don't seem to be um, deterred by by the current climate or some of the things that might be contributing to these shortages they are truly gems and um, it's a privilege to be able to work alongside them and learn alongside them as we continue to try to grow our own and just help enable them to to do what they want to do um, fulfill their dreams if they do decide that they want to go into education in speaking with a few of them they would love to come back to Waukee and we would welcome them back here and I think that's such a great testament to their experiences that they've had, whether they've joined us in kindergarten and have been here throughout, or if they joined us later in their um, schooling, they want to come back here. And I think that's a testament to all the kindergarten teachers through you know, 12th grade and those are your specials and your electives because they've had a great experience here overall. Um, tell us a little bit, um, if you could, one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring teacher. I'm going to steal a piece of advice that one of my students wrote about in a recent assignment where they had to ask a veteran teacher, what's your experience been and what's your advice for new teachers? And I loved this bit from Scott Moran, who is a high school science teacher. He said, um, don't try to be anyone else in the classroom just be yourself. So while we do have a lot of students who have had great experiences and they write so admirably of their teachers and they're getting such great experiences from their host teachers, their mentors in the classroom right now, um, it is important for them to find themselves in that classroom as well because we need all kinds of teachers to make sure that we're meeting all kinds of students' needs. And I'll ask you the same question. One piece of advice for a new teacher or an aspiring teacher? take care of you. It's a very difficult job. It is extremely rewarding. You're doing something that is helping communities and the world in general and fulfilling dreams of children, but you also have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what I think is super cool about the Intro to Ed program is these students, if you aren't familiar with, actually go into the classroom and they are working alongside their host teacher and they get to kind of pick their program of choice or their, you know, whether it's foreign language or whether it's the arts or music. Amanda, tell us about how, um, how, how it goes about selecting, but also they are in maybe what isn't their first choice. Yes, yeah, so the program um, establishes two different practicum experiences. The first is their area that is not their preference. So if they want to be a secondary teacher, they have to spend a certain number of hours in an elementary classroom, and that's a DMAC requirement. And it's a really good thing, too, because um, just 
right now, I've had some conversations with students who are like, mm, I think I really liked that first placement a lot. I might want to be an elementary school teacher even though I thought I was headed to secondary. Um, and others are like, this was great, but I'm eager for that next placement. And so when they move into that second placement, they do, um, they've expressed a preference through an application process, and I do my best to match with their preference to find someone who is willing to host them. And we're so grateful for those host teachers who welcome them in. And um, then they move into that second placement for a much longer period of time where they do get to do anything that the teacher is willing to let them do besides be alone with students. So they are allowed to do some grading, to do some work with students one-on-one, um, -on -one, small group instruction, whole class instruction, fun activities. Um, some of them even get to do recess duty and other things like that, which is sometimes a part of our job. So it's a, a truly a great experience and most of them reflect that they learn from both placements, um, not just the one that they thought they were going to enjoy the most. And they don't have to wait until their college years in their junior, senior year and decide maybe, oh man, Maybe I don't love this as much as I do. And I'm going to bring it back over to you. You're back with us in Waukee in a different capacity. Tell us a little bit about the para to a teacher apprenticeship that we have. Well, I am the supervisor of that program. And what this is, is the state of Iowa, along with workforce development, really search for a way to fill those teacher gaps. And um, states are doing all kinds of things to fill those gaps. Uh, for example, Florida has 3,000 unfilled positions, and so they are inviting military veterans with no teaching experience um, to go ahead and just go into the classroom. And so I think Iowa is doing a really great job in trying to think, how can we bring people into education who haven't really thought about doing this before. So instead of taking people who have never been in the classroom, they are offering the adults in the building who are serving as special ed associates. And they're offering them two years of free education. We're going through Western Governors University. And the um, those in the program uh, are allowed to continue to work all day long so they don't have to quit their job. Um, it's not a financial hardship on them. And then they take classes online through Western Governors University. And they take those classes asynchronously, meaning that it's at their own pace. So, you know, if they have their child's ball game, they don't have to miss those kinds of things. Um, they can take classes through the summer. They can go as fast as they need to. And then the other part of the program besides the free education is they are doing um, what we would call practicum experience. So all teachers uh, that go through the university levels, they have to take two practicums where they go in and they watch and um, maybe they do just a little bit of teaching. In fact, Amanda's students do far more in their practicums than the college students do in theirs. And so instead of doing these practicums, which they're already sitting in a classroom, they're, they are in special ed classrooms. Um, I have one that's in an ESL classroom. A couple of them are with the little littles and um, they are, they have a set of competencies that they have to complete. So they have to attend IEP meetings. 
uh, a couple of times a year. There are just certain tasks that they have to do that really um, gets them a little further into education than they would by just working with the student or students that they normally work with as a special education associate. And then at the end, when they finish, uh, for the last um, eight weeks, they will student teach. They will also be paid while they student teach. And they will have a true student teaching experience just like anybody out of the university would. That's amazing. How many people are currently enrolled in the program? We have 40. Wow. So there are um, over 300 associates in the district. And the, the districts could apply for this grant. And the, so the money to pay for these classes um, comes from the state. And so um, several other school districts applied, like I know Johnston has a program as well. A lot of them um, capped it at about 15 of their uh, associates. And um, I give credit to Dr. Buck because he jumped on this right away and he said, we can take 40, let, let's do 40. And so I had 50 people apply for this and I hated to turn 10 people down because when they talked, uh, they all had to interview with me and they talked about why they wanted to do this. Their eyes lit up, they were so excited. Uh, they talked about how they never thought about this before but they absolutely love being in the school. They love working with students. So we've got people who already know they love being in the school, they love kids, and this is the perfect fit for let's just move them over into the teaching field. That's amazing. It gives them a path forward without being absolutely you know, overwhelming or cumbersome to their daily lives. Right. They don't have to quit their job to do this, which to student teach, they would have had to quit their job. And, you know, I've got single mothers here, and they cannot afford, people cannot afford to do, go back to school like this. And so this is a path for them that allows them to fulfill this dream without hardship on their families or themselves. This is exciting. Um, how do you both see education changing in the future? Wow, that's a really difficult question. Um, I think we've gone uh, more technology. Um, I would say that it is more skills-based instead of memorization-based, which is what a lot of us experienced when we went to school. Um, it's a lot more problem-solving. Mm -hmm. What else would you add, Amanda? Oh, I've been sitting here thinking about what my students talk about, which is um, an increased focus on student engagement and, and how they can make sure that students' needs are being met in the classroom. And so um, less teacher or authoritarian focused and more about how do we just make sure we're focused on creating the best conditions possible for learning to happen. Um, I think one thing that won't change is that it's all relationship-based. And so that remains the constant. Yep, I see all the heads nodding. I think that's <laughs> huge. And I think um, our students learn better when they have a better relationship, whether that's with the building leader or it's an adult in their life that they often thrive when they're around them. Okay, we are going to bring back in Michelle to this as well. And this is a fun part of our segment where we get to do kind of some rapid fire questions. So I'll go, we'll go Michelle, Amanda, Ann when we go around and they're, no, they're, they're very fun. Um, what is your favorite part of teaching? Oh, it, I'm probably gonna steal this from the other girls too, but uh, 
that light bulb moment when something finally clicks, you know, and, and for me being in careers, it's when somebody says, yep, this is it, this is what I'm going to do. And then it's their, like answer, their face lights up and they're so excited. And that just fills you with a lot of warm fuzzy too. So. Yeah, I'll go back to the idea of engagement and just when students are having fun in those moments, those shared memories, when something happens that you're like, ooh, that was cool, what we just experienced, that was unique, that was cool, which again speaks to the relationships built in the, in the classroom. Yeah, for me, it's those relationships, getting to know students, um, having fun conversations with them, even if it was about English, which is what I taught, um, we had great conversations and um, it, it's just... There's so much fun to be around. I love it. Um, what did each of you want to be when you grew up? I thought I was going to be an accountant from sixth grade until about three weeks into my freshman year of college. And I got there and I realized how hard all the future CPAs were studying and went, I don't think that's for me. So I spent a couple, like a, a, another year or so, just going to clubs and meeting people and trying to figure all that out. You mean clubs at school? Clubs at school, yes, clubs at school, thank you. Uh, economics club, marketing club. Um, and so uh, I was lucky enough to have some really great advisors that helped me choose a business degree and a teaching option, so. I did think I wanted to be a teacher. I did consider being a lawyer for a time period. Um, I like speaking, critical thinking. Those things were all things that appealed to me. But ultimately, when I did my first kind of practicum experience in a classroom, I knew that that, that was right for me. I was the kid in elementary school that went home and taught all of my stuffed animals, all the things I'd learned that day. Uh, when I was a little girl, um, it wasn't my stuffed animals. It was my sister. Uh, who had to be my student, and I gave her worksheets because that's what I thought teaching was. Um, but then when I went to college, I actually started off as a French major, and I was planning to do more languages. And um, in college, when you get up into those languages, they get really hard. And so I decided that I was switching majors to English and then decided I, I would be a teacher from there. That is great. What job does that doesn't yet exist, do you think will come about here in the next, I don't know, five or 10 years? It could be teaching related, education related, or what would you like to see? And it could be off the wall. It could be, where's Rosie from the Jetsons, right? We're still waiting for that robot house cleaner. Um, what do you think, or it's something that your students are working on or have wished to do? Wow, that's tough. I, if I could put my finger on it, I'd hop on that as an entrepreneur right away. Um, I think we're in a phase where people really need to have opportunities to network and, and things like that. So maybe some type of coach or service, you know, we offer those things through the school, but, um, you know, it, it, that doesn't always happen for adults. So I don't know. I feel like that might, that already exists. So I don't know. That's a great Fair question. Enough. Fair enough. I too am struggling with this one, but I, I think about what has been kind of recent additions like instructional coaching and, and positions like that. And I do wonder if in the future there will be more people who um, facilitate learning like that, that allows students to have more autonomous pathways and or supports those unique visions that they may have, um, if that will be somewhere that we see an increased, I don't know, job area. Um, 
I, you know, I look at it from the retirement perspective because I'm, I'm sort of retired now. I don't, I don't think I'm completely retired. Um, I think something to do with, I could see going in and really coaching young teachers side by side in their classroom for like their first or second year, um, just to make sure kind of like they don't just get dumped off from student teaching and then it's like, hey, you're on your own now. So maybe maybe I, I go in and one-on-one -on -one and watch them and you know just kind of stay with them for the first year. Um, thank you. Okay, one last question. Favorite fall flavor? Apple crisp, for sure. I'm gonna agree with that. I'm not much of a pumpkin spice girl. Oh, I'm pumpkin spice for sure. You know, they got pancakes for pumpkin spice now. I think they have one thing of everything in the pumpkin yeah. world. So <laughs> as we wrap up, I just want to thank you all for shaping our future and shaping, you know, the students here in Waukee because it is truly amazing to watch each and every one of them from K through 12 plus, pre-K even now. So thank you for joining us on Talk the Walk. Um, thanks for presenting sponsor Unity Point Health Des Moines, and we will be back with another episode of Talk the Walk in just a couple weeks.